Hey, 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 it's me, the Chief. I'm here in the Talking Joe studios, and I'm pleased to say we've got our second ever guest on the show. This guy has written for Marvel, Image, IDW, Dynamite, and he's worked on properties such as X-Men and Youngblood. I want to say it's a pleasure to welcome to the Talking Joe studios, Mr. Chad Bowers. How are you, sir? Hey, Chief Good, man. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Not, not a problem. It's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. Before we go into talking about anything else, I want to bring up this straight away. ASICs, as I know you know, released those Gel Light 3, G.I. Joe, in the UK we call them trainers, I guess you call them sneakers, Yeah. Um, G.I. Joe branded shoes. Yeah, they, they have two, They have two, right? They have like a Snake Eyes pair and like a Storm Shadow pair. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, you saw on, I saw on the Twitter you were, oh. you know, trying to get people to uh, convince you not to buy them. Yeah, uh, I know. <laughs> uh, well, they, no, nobody, uh, I haven't bought them yet. So, uh, nobody made an argument for so strongly for or against that. I haven't made a decision yet, but yeah, yeah. you know, I, I really like this. That's like, I love that white and gray camo V2 yep. snake eyes or a V2 storm shadow. And, yep. uh, you know, it, it, it's just, they look so cool, man. Uh, that's the, I, I just, that's the outfit he was kind of wearing uh late 90s was it or even a bit i would say uh, early right was yeah was it Mark, Mark bright drawing the issues maybe yeah well i think the first time we see it is in that silent paul ryan issue yeah uh you know what i'm talking about like i don't know yeah, if you yeah. guys, I, I don't think you guys have gotten there on the show yet but there's like a second silent issue with uh with storm shadow and jinx and paul ryan draws it and yes. uh and i think that's where that that debuts but yeah it's it's the second storm shadow i think it came out in like 88 i think it's yeah. part of like whatever what, whatever wave that is i but. mean those, those shoes they got the uh, both pairs have actually got zartan's face on the sole i know uh, the storm shadow one's got the the little cobra emblem on, emblem the, back. on the back yeah the snake eyes ones have got the like the i ching hexagram and a someone well, i should i should have mentioned i should have uh, made a note of who it was but in that conversation you were having on twitter i mentioned that i can't find them in the uk and someone actually popped up and said footlocker uk have got them so actually today this morning i phoned or i attempted to phone three footlocker stores one that's close to me they picked up the phone they said we don't stock any asics uh, and the other two that are close to my place of work which uh, i'm going to be in obviously next week i thought i know i'll phone them and if they've got them i'll pop in neither of those two stores answered the phone and i must have tried tw- <laughs> 20 times so i'm just going to pop in next week and see see them in the flesh and uh but you know like you say 100 i think 180 bucks in the u.s 105 pounds yeah over here so, and i've never spent I'm not, i don't think i've ever spent more than about 40 quid on a pair of sneakers yeah so. i'm not a big like i'm not a big sneakers guy i mean i've got a really good pair of like running shoes that are like nikes but but beyond beyond just spending you know what like 70 80 bucks on a really decent pair of running shoes i've never spent probably more than like i wasn't like an air jordan kid or anything like that so um but i gotta say man like you know th- those those really appeal and yeah. whenever something like that pops up as a fan who who wants to see the brand continue you know what i yeah. mean you always want to like support that stuff but then they're also really kind of kick-ass sneakers too so yeah i'm it, coming it doesn't from the hurt. same coming from the same place it's like i'm a gi joe fan so it's almost like do, would I have if they weren't branded GI Joe? I'm not going to spend 105 pounds on sneakers, but because they're branded GI Joe, it's like, you know, I want to support that, you know, support the franchise. Yeah, let them know we're out <laughs> here, man. That's kind of yeah. the thing. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm amazed they made them. I'm amazed that there was it's, enough. It's it's so weird. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a weird thing to do. It seems like there's a lot of money and like, you know, I mean, I you know, I, I don't know where Asics exists in like the the, no. the hierarchy of, of tennis shoes. I'm I'm guessing because the Foot Locker that you call doesn't carry them. Probably not super high on like the yeah. list of, yeah. you know, I don't know what they would like be under and like the the, you know, how people like rank yeah. tennis shoes. Yeah. But 
you know, man, it, they, they got them. I kind of want them. I, I, I probably will break down. Somebody found a link and sent it over to me uh, okay. for for one that was for like a pair that was for, for 120. It was an online deal. Oh, that's quite and cool. I, and I almost yeah. jumped on it then. But I just recently restocked for a con, too. If I had not just restocked for a convention, yep. I probably would like be wearing them <laughs> right now. Cool, cool. Um, the second thing I just want to quickly jump on before we get balls deep into our G.I. Joe chat. Okay. Um, uh, obviously, uh, you and Chris were working on a Sleepwalker book for Marvel yes. recently. Yeah. And that, that one that came out, that really kind of hit me because I can vividly remember going into my first comic books, well, not my first comic book store, but when I seriously started collecting and issue 19, this would have been December 1991, yeah. issue 19 of Sleepwalker was out. It had a cardstock cover. Yep. You probably know the one. It's got the, it's the mask face on it. And yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. yeah perforated edges and eye holes where you could actually cut it out and actually yep. wear this sleepwalker mask as i don't know as a halloween mask or whatever i, but, I guess um, yeah <laughs> yeah and that that was you know early I cosplay was, at that point i was collecting a lot of kind of street level a lot of moon knight and mm -hmm. you know um dark hawk as well which obviously I, uh, you know you've done and sleepwalker and daredevil and stuff so you know that was like i can't believe they're revisiting this character's quality so, yeah, no, and, he, and a great, great book by you guys as well. So, hats thank off. you, man. That they, they, you know, Jordan uh, and and like it was just a great book to work on. Uh, and Annalise, our editors over there, they 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 let us kind of do whatever we wanted to do on that book, which was really interesting because we were sort of like playing around with a corner of the Infinity uh, War stuff that I don't think anybody you know really thought about. Uh, yeah. You know, me, you know, I don't want to spoil the book. I know it's, I think it just came out in trade like a week or so ago. Um, but you know, in the in the book, we get to sort of explore what exists inside the Infinity Stones, which is an idea that I've always thought about when I was a kid. Like from the first time I read that uh, Jim Starlin Ron Lim issue, where where the Surfer goes inside the Soul Stone and meets Adam Warlock. Yep. You know, my 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 immediate thought when the Infinity Gauntlet started was, and I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only person that had this idea, but like what what's what's in the other stones? Like if you go if you can go inside the Soul Stone, you know the next step would be to go inside the other ones. Yeah. And that's kind of what we do with the, with the Sleepwalker book. And they kind of just gave you carte blanche almost to, you know, uh, tell the story you wanted to tell without yeah. too much editorial. Or... Yeah, absolutely. No, there were, I'm trying to think if there was really anything in the book that we got to know on. I, I don't really think there was. We had, okay, so, and I don't, I don't know how much I can talk about this, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> one of the, we wanted to use a, a Power Man and Iron Fist uh, uh, amalgamation. I, I don't know if I call them amalgamations. I guess they're Infinity Warps, right? Yeah, uh, but warps. but yeah, but I guess we wanted to use a, an, a Power Man and Iron Fist warp, and we were going to call That's him, cool. I, and he was going to be called Iron Man, right. and, uh, okay. we, <laughs> and so we thought that would be really funny if he was the Invincible Iron Man, uh, and that when somebody kind of beat us to the Power Man Iron Fist uh, uh, warp. So yeah. Jordan actually, I think, came up with the idea of Little Monster, who's the first one. Um, okay, and, yeah. and it was really just the name and the idea that, you know, the Hulk and Ant-Man as a, as a combo. But, you know, he was real cool to let us sort of write that origin. And we sort of try to tie it into as many like Hulk things and, you know, Scott Lang, Hank Pym, Ant-Man things as we could. And I'm really, really happy with the way that that issue turned out. Yeah, no, it's a great book. Yeah, great cool. Book Thanks, man. No, it's it's um, nice to hear. Uh, just let's just talk now about um, you in the, uh, the early years, a young, young Mr. Bowers is at home, <laughs> you know, kicking around comics always in your life or from a young age or was it something you got to later yeah yeah pretty much pretty much early on i mean i guess i probably started reading comics when i was probably i guess eight or nine you know and then probably yep. stuck with it uh 
you know, lot, pr pretty available in grocery stores and supermarkets and drugstores and that kind of thing. I probably didn't go to my first comic store until I was like, I don't know, 14, 15, something like that. Maybe 13. I guess my store, when the boom happened, my little hometown, I'm from a very small town in, in South Carolina. Um, and then the, the next town over actually got a baseball card shop that latched on to the boom, the comics boom, and started carrying comics. And uh, one summer, that guy asked me if I wanted to be like the in-house guy. So I'm like working basically, you know, for, for trade credit and a, a little cash under the table, I guess, at 13, trying to help this guy like get this comic store portion off the ground. Cool, and, cool. and that's really where it stuck for me. You know, before I was just like a pretty casual reader, but I was dedicated. I mean, I was reading like, you know, Superman on a regular basis. Uh, I was reading Hulk on a regular basis. A lot of Valiant books at the time and, and some image stuff at the time. But uh, and obviously G.I. Joe. And, kind of uh, a broad palette. You were never like a Marvel zombie yeah. or a DC guy. It was whatever. Yeah, was not really. Available. Not really. I mean, I, I certainly read more Marvel probably than than DC. If I were to go back and probably take a like account, but uh, but but I was a big fan of Superman. I mean, Superman was like you know because at the time there was a weekly. You could you, you, like Superman fix weekly. You know. Yeah, because the and triangle was, numbers. Wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. This was like shortly just before the triangle numbers. I guess this is right before Man of Steel came out or right around okay. that time. And so I was full on uh, for Superman right then and there. Yeah, yeah. But I was I mean, reading X-Men. I, I, I started reading the Superman books literally out on the, the death of Superman storyline. So Yeah, it, um, it probably wasn't too far. Uh, you know, when, when was that? Like, that happened in 90, I think that was, I 91. think Man of, it was, had Man of Steel issue 18. I yeah, think, yeah, Man of Steel had been around for about a year. So I, guess, I guess, yeah, it'd been running, the John Byrne stuff had been already, yeah, running. So. Yeah, I certainly like Superman enough to where I'd gone back and bought every single burn issue <laughs> up okay, to that right. point and they were they were pretty cheap at the time and um that's still pretty cheap um yeah. but i but i'd gone back and and i remember you know earliest earliest memories of comics is funny i don't know what yours are yours is but you know I, I remember getting like the 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 little repurposed or like a you know i guess i guess bookstores and comic stores could send stuff back or newsstands could send stuff back and then they would like repackage those i don't know if you you guys had those i don't think we did in, you know, in the I uk yeah so what would happen is like I guess when you instead of tearing the covers off of stuff, which would be like the way you return stuff later, you would send stuff back, and I guess they would sell that wholesale, and somebody would package it in like, you know, sort of themed packs of comics, sometimes three, sometimes five packs at a time, and sometimes okay. it would be you know, comics that had something in common, maybe a couple of issues of X Men, an issue of X Factor, and a Wolverine or something like that. Sometimes oh, okay. it'd be just really random. So and, they're, still, um, they're still single issues, but it's almost like a grab bag kind of. Yeah, exactly. A grab bag. That's that's okay. perfect. And uh, yeah, so and they would sell those in like supermarkets in like the toy aisle where I where I grew up. And so it was it was never a it was never a, like you couldn't follow a single title. Uh, I didn't probably yeah. didn't do that until like I said I was like eight or nine. But before that, I would always grab one of those grab bags because it would only be like a couple of bucks. And uh, you know, so you'd you'd kind of just chance of what you would get and. Uh, I remember yeah. there, it was weird because there was a period of time where there was always a GI Joe in there, which was great. Um. <laughs> I mean, I, I got I said we, you know, we didn't sort of get that over here, but I had a similar issue experience in that my friend had, for some reason, had I'd lent him some money or he owed me like five quid or something like that. Yeah. And uh, he said, "Do you want to just take these comics, you know, as as payment?" And I was like, "Yeah, all right, I'll take these comics." And it was, you know, a complete mishmash. It was issue 341 of Fantastic Four, okay, <laughs> uh, which was still one of my favorites. It's the Walt Simonson into the Time Stream. Oh, I love that. That's is yeah, that yeah, the yeah. is that the big uh, is that the big Doom fight where it's like him and uh, Doom fighting like through time? That's that's I think that's it's a little three, bit later. 350 and 352. Yeah, that's uh, right. Because that's yeah, a big cover. 341 yeah. is that run is where they go. 
into space with Galactus, uh, Thor's there, and Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the the radical dodecahedron issue. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good Re- one. You know, I read that. You know, that's got so much creases on it, but it's still there. And I think he gave me like a a two six five or a three three six five of Captain America. Okay, and then yeah. There was a random Daredevil issue, John Romita Jr. Daredevil issue. It was just a complete <sighs> random bunch of comics. But you know, I read those cover to cover over and over even though they were the middle of some storylines. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who cares? Me that, yeah, who cares? Just read them yeah. again and again. So Yeah, that very, very similar very similar story there growing up as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then and then, G.I. Joe, was it, were you kind of equal parts cartoon toy comic or was one of them more standout for you? I think I was certainly into the cartoon uh, first um, because it was on earlier than when I was, you know, collecting comics. I mean, I remember watching that, you know, before I could, I guess, really, really, read very much i guess yeah um but but yeah when, when i realized that the cartoon might stop but the comics kept going i assumed i always assumed that the comics when i was a kid probably when i was like five or six or when i first started paying attention to the comics i remember thinking that the comics were an extension of the show right like the comics were part of the show right uh okay. and and then realizing like when when the relationships were a little bit different when there was like a Scarlet and Snake Eyes thing instead of a Scarlet and Duke thing. Yeah. And you know, there were, there were different dynamics to the, to the team and stuff like that's when I realized, Oh, wait a minute. Like the comics is the real thing. (laughs) It's like, you know? Yeah. So I remember that. I think my first, like my first issue that I remember having was 40, was it 49? It's the one where like, uh, like tunnel rat. And I think, it's got it's got Raptor on the cover. Uh, it's Tunnel Rat, and I think, I think it might that's be a little uh, bit later. Yeah, uh, I can't remember what it is. Fifty-nine, maybe. Okay, yeah, I knew it was. I knew it was something around there. I think. But it's a. Uh, they're like in the. Is it the brawler? The little thing you pull behind the. It's like the big four-barreled rolling gun. Oh thing. yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't think it's a brawler. I forget what that thing's called. But anyway, uh, yeah, that 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 particular issue really stands out because I remember trying to like draw that cover because I thought Raptor okay. was like thought Raptor was really cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, and and remember not long after that getting getting Raptor, which was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're aware. You if you've listened to the uh, previous interview, you might be aware. There's a little segment we like to call "It's a GI Joe Pop Quiz, Pop <laughs> Quiz." It's a GI Joe Pop Quiz, Pop Quiz. Question one: It's training day in the pit. And it's the annual G.I. Joe Decathlon. It's about to start any minute. Who achieves the best results? A quick reminder, the Decathlon consists of the 100-meter sprint, the 110-meter hurdles, the 400-meter sprint, the 1,500 meters, the long jump, the high jump, the shot put, the discus, the javelin, and the pole vault. The contestants are Spirit, Beachhead, Roadblock, and Dusty. Oh, man. That's tough. That's tough. tough. That's tough a one. really tough one. Yeah. No, man. I was hoping I was going to get one of these because I know Michelle. I know Michelle got one, got a couple. So I was hoping, but man, I didn't. I don't. I think you gave him. You kind of like softballed him on those. Oh, really? You're, you're well, th- he's yeah. the first guest. So he yeah, 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 man. Right I hope everybody after me gets these. <laughs> uh, you know, I got to go with Spirit, man. Like, because yeah. he's just like he's the kind of a catch-all. You know. Yeah. In, in my head, Canon, he you know has that history with Storm Shadow from the animated series, so that makes him like. You know, a, a little yeah, he's a badass, right? Like he's a little more formidable than than those other guys. I mean, obviously, Roadblock's pretty good, but could Roadblock could Roadblock you know handle? I don't the, think he's any the, good the, in a sprint, is he? I was no, going to say the dis the the, the yeah. speed is not his thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and and you know you know Charlie Charlie uh, Charlie Spirit Iron Knife man, he's built yeah. for that kind of all those things. I think they kind of fit into sort of what he does, you know. Yeah, cool, he's, sounds he's, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there you go. There you go. 
Do, um, do you give an answer or is it just me? No, 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 man. The, the guests give the answer. Okay, uh, okay. Quietly, all right, cool. quietly in the background after the show, I judge your answer. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, like you were saying, we'll go back to, I think, where we were. You were saying it, that tunnel rat issue was perhaps your first entry point. And then did you, you know, start reading it monthly? And then at what point did you decide to go back and try and get those earlier issues? Uh, I probably didn't start reading it monthly until probably the maybe eight, like not the the decade the 80s but like the the 80s in, in okay, the numbering yeah because yeah, yeah, right. i really really got into really like became the book that i picked up on a regular basis uh around the time of the, the snake eyes trilogy um okay, yeah, and that's cool. pretty deep into the run uh you yeah, know definitely yeah but i mean from on a regular basis now i had probably 20 you know 20 or so issues prior to that uh which i had you know dog-eared and they were all wrinkled up and i'd read them you know so many times but as far as reading it on a regular basis and actually seeking it out, probably around the time that like Mark Bright came on, because uh, I was a big fan of Mark Bright anyway. Um, yeah. You know, I liked him from, yeah, you know, which is tons of stuff. You know, he was. I guess I, he was on Green Lantern for quite a bit. Yeah, he? yeah, yeah. A big fan of his. Big fan of his Green Lantern run. Um, you know, Quantum he, he had, and Woody. He, he did, didn't he with Priest? He, he he did, but before that, he had done some some Power Man and Iron Fist stuff. Uh, he okay, had done. I, did, I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah. Yeah, he did some Power Man and Iron Fist stuff early on. And then, you know, he had done, uh, I guess probably the thing that he was probably most known for, and if I hope I'm getting my timeline right here, but Iron Man, he did Iron Man. Um, he drew most of the... With oh, Bob. Armor Wars 2, did he? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. I think he did the, fir- the last part of the first Armor Wars. So he was the guy who had drawn, like, the, uh, the, the, the what people would call the Silver Centurion armor now. I think he was, like, the guy who first drew that. Ah, um, yeah, I don't, cool. I don't know that he designed it, but, but you know, so I was a fan. It was, like, before, before him... It was kind of hard to point to an artist, and, and, I, and I wasn't following artists by any stretch of the imagination, but I also did gravitate towards art styles that I recognized. Um, and, you know, seeing him on that book, uh, I, I remember specifically, and I actually probably picked up issues that were on stand beside it if they had been like two or three, uh, two or three back issues still like on the rack or whatever, but I remember that. That uh, that road pig cover where he's like dragging the two Joes down the hallway. I can't remember who the Joes yeah. are, but but I remember recognizing him like, oh, that's the Iron Man guy or whatever, and uh, and picking that one up, and then just kind of staying on for a while after that because you know that story's pretty good. I mean that that like that whatever's going, you've got the, you know you get the clutch story that's kind of happening in the background. You've got all this other cool stuff that's happening there. Um, yeah. Not to jump ahead of where you guys are in the show, but but he actually yeah we we've just got up to issue forty four. Okay um, yeah. But he actually, he had done a couple of sort of semi-fill-in issues already, Mark Bright. Mm-hmm. I think he did part of issue 36, um, which is the one where it's a it's a sea-based one where the yes. USS Jane, I think it is, is under attack. But then the, the whale uh, launches and goes after a little atoll base. Yep. And Snake Eyes and Scarlet are on the ferry. Yep. Um, he draws some of that issue. And he also draws the one where the Dreadnoughts steal... Uh, Zartan's bike and then rock and roll clutch and someone are going east coast to west coast to go surfing yeah and uh, yeah. they have the encounter but uh, mark bright draws some of that but then like is you that say, the one he, he doesn't I come to way later for a full yeah run. for a full run and you know here's something funny i think he played bass in larry hama's band really uh yeah yeah god what, the ex i think the ecstatics no the uh oh gosh what was the name of their band but anyway, I think I think Mark was one of the one of the musicians in the band, oh, cool. and so I think it was kind of a natural fit for him to like come on uh, after he that. He was a great fit though. That, that style was you know just worked. You know. Oh, he, to this day, he's my favorite GI Joe artist. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that's that's not to say that like there's not guys that I like really hold in high esteem who are in that book, but there's something about his storytelling and there's something about like it's light, you know what I mean? But it's very dynamic and 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 quite frankly, like it's very like it's very violent in a way that uh that I think is sort of like understated by the way he draws. But when you go back and like do a body count of like how many dudes Snake Eyes takes out in those issues, you know, it's yeah. it's pretty it's pretty heavy stuff. I think, and, um, I think in those issues, especially, I don't know who the colorist is. You know, when I when we review yeah. the issues on the show, we, I like to mention the credits for each issue. But absolutely, uh, I don't know who it is that. Uh, but but the, it's quite vibrant, and like you say, it's very violent. Mm-hmm. But the colors kind of don't mute it down. They, you know, it's almost a little bit playful with it. Mm-hmm. And it works really well with his art. Yeah, it's it's an art style that you don't necessarily like. I, I wouldn't. You know, it, it's not like a like a Frank Miller, but it's not like hyper realistic like a Neil Adams either. But like it's somewhere in the middle. You know what I mean? Uh, it's well, I mean, I guess I guess it's I don't know. I, you know, pe- people always talk about their favorite G.I. Joe artists. And I think a lot of people will immediately go to like guys like Mike Golden. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I'm trying to feel like these high these high art kind of guys. But, you know, yeah, he, he's always been my favorite. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and I think under, not under, I don't want to say underappreciated because I don't know that he's underappreciated, but maybe under the radar a bit. Well, I think because he comes on so so late in the run, you know what I mean? And even yeah. though he's got a nice stretch of issues there, uh, he, he doesn't get like, he doesn't get the, he's not the first guy. He's not like the, the, the Herb Trumpery or the Bob McLeod, who, who I who I absolutely adore and love as an artist, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but, but, um, but yeah, he just, he just isn't the first guy you think of on G.I. Joe because his credits are on so many other things. And he is such a superhero artist, you know? Um, so yeah, I just, I just always liked him. And I, I think, I think he has a lot of the, he, he's a big reason why I stuck with the book and just kept going after that. You, you mentioned Herb Trimpe there. We've actually just started uh, the special missions as well. We just started yeah. issue one on the last episode of the pod. And um, Trimpe's obviously come back. He did that early run and his, his art has kind of, I don't know if it's he's with a different inkle, but uh, this early stuff was good on the main book. But this first issue of Special Missions is just you know really sort of choice stuff. It's, oh, he's phenomenal! That, is, that, is that the is that the first strike or the strike first? Is that yeah? That's is the, the is that where the guy Wingfield comes back. I can't remember if that's the uh, first issue of Special no, the, Missions. the first one is the one where uh, there's a, a, a supposed downed U.S. submarine. And the Joes are disguised as Swedish fishermen. Yes. And the October yeah, yeah, yeah. Guard come in, and then Cobra comes in at the end. Um, it's yeah, there's... Ruse. It's all a ruse so that, that the the co- the um, the Russian guy can defect. But um, he, he kind of adds a little bit more politics to the special mission stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Although that is ingrained in the in the main run as well, but... Um, no, but it's certainly a, it's certainly a big part of what happens in special missions. I mean, that's kind of that book's mandate, right? Like, to, to, yeah. to deal with stuff that, you know, that's not Cobra-related all the time. Yeah. Um, there's there's an issue, and I can't remember if it's in Special Missions. I hate to say this because I because all this stuff is like running together because of these essays that I just finished or whatever. Because okay. I you know in my head I'm I'm trying to figure out I'm trying to figure out if it's Special Missions or if it's uh, if it's Real American Hero. But so is that it, when you say essays, is that something you're doing for Sierra Muerte? Yes, yeah. Because okay, I, I know because in the first book, uh, obviously you did the locations. Yeah, uh, and it, well, that was actually going to be one of my questions coming up. Have you got? Okay, anything? are you in numbers two and three? Yeah, yeah, I'm done. I'm oh, done with cool. all of it now. Um, right. And but uh, the the second issue, I think, comes out at the end of this month, uh, the last week of March, I think. And it's a like a deep dive into the comics history of Snake Eyes. 
Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's kind of the it's kind of the all killer no filler one. It's like you know, the first one was just kind of something I've always thought about and sort of obsessed over. So I kind of I wanted to put that on paper when they gave me an opportunity, and they they really gave me no uh, guidelines as to to what to do with those essays. I just kind of have picked the topics that I was interested in. How did that pick- How did that job come about then? Was um, well, I, I, I've talked to IDW and I've done a couple things for them in the past. And um, <clears throat> there was a local convention here that we have here in town. It's called Soda City Con. I live in Columbia, South Carolina. Columbia is shortened to COLA. So Soda City okay. is the name of our, yep, yep. our local show. Um, and uh, the the promoter uh, invited Larry Hama to the show last year and um, asked if I wanted to run a panel. So I did like this one-on-one you know panel with Larry that was kind of like a whole, whole career-spanning panel. And, um, oh, wow. you know, afterwards I ended up hanging out with Larry and we went to dinner and we spent some time together and just kind of, you know, I tweeted about it and kind of talked about it a little bit here and there. And, um, uh, David Hedgecock, who is, is, uh, a great, you know, he's yeah. one of the editors over at, uh, IDW. Um, we had been talking about some stuff anyway, and, uh, we, we basically kind of put our heads together and he wanted to make sure that like Sierra Morte was a big deal because you know it's a beautiful book. I mean, you've read if you've read the first issue, you know, like, yes, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's 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 fantastic. It's great. Yeah, it's great. He, he just wanted to make sure that like you know that, that it was that it was full of content. You know what I mean? Like because Michelle's story is amazing, and uh, and he wanted to have like something else to back that up, just a nice back matter piece. And um, so he asked me to write a couple of pieces for that, and uh, I think it's it's worked out really well. Um, and kind of gave you free choice for what what topics you wanted to cover. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, gave me access to Larry. Uh, Larry and I talked. I got to talk to uh, Buzz Dixon a little bit. Uh, I got to talk to just got to talk to a lot of great people about the history of GI Joe and do some deep dives into stuff that I've always kind of wondered about. Yeah. And uh, and and I tried to make sure that what I what I did um, complemented whatever Michelle was doing in the main in the main story. And um, you know, so number one. Is, is, is obviously Sierra Muerte. It's an area that's sort of the uh, the neighbor country to, or the neighbor nation to, uh, to Sierra Gordo. Yep. Uh, so that's a nice, you know, springboard for thinking about other places in the, in the G.I. Joe universe, um, which is why we focus on the geography there. And then the second issue, there's some, there's some snake eyes and storm shadow stuff that I think, you know, you can probably figure out if you read the first one uh, that, that comes up. And so I thought maybe it would be nice to sort of explore the relationship between Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow, but not just Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow, but Snake Eyes and sort of G.I. Joe as his surrogate family, you know, and, and, and dive into that a little bit. So, and then the last one, I just wanted to talk to Michelle about G.I. Joe because I like talking to people about G.I. Joe. So (laughs) the, the, the last one is just a kind of a cool interview with him. Uh, sort of, sort of in the same vein as the uh, commentary that, um, Tom Scioli and uh, John Barber were doing in the back of the uh, oh, Transformers G.I. Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was wicked. Big, wicked. Yeah, so that kind of wanted to do the same thing with Michelle. It's kind of a nice uh, overview of the series and sort of how it came to be and, you know, what his, what his focuses were and how he kind of approached it. And that, so, yeah. So, yeah, you know, you know, David has been great giving me the opportunity and, and they, they really did not give me a, you know, hey, we want you to cover this in the first one, this in the second one. They just said, give us, you know, give us like three or four ideas. And I gave them like, three or four ideas and they were like yeah yeah you can do any of this yeah. <laughs> so it cool. was pretty easy it's pr- one of the easiest things that i've ever done in comics actually yeah yeah excellent cool um it's about that time it's a gi joe pop oh. quiz pop quiz it's a gi joe pop quiz pop quiz question two you're walking down the street when you see an 18 wheeler it's veering off course it crashes into a tree unfortunately in that tree was a sleeping cat the cat's now fallen out hit the ground and injured himself luckily there are some people on standby to help who is best placed to attempt emergency surgery on this injured cat? Is it Raptor, 
Is it Bazooka? Is it Flash? Or is it Deep Six? Oh, man. That's a toughie. D- this is a toughie. I mean, <laughs> oh, man. All right, so I've got Raptor, uh, you got Raptor, Bazooka. you got Bazooka, you got Flash, or Deep Six. Oh, man. I, I'm going to have to go with Raptor. Yeah. He's he's obvious though, you know what I mean? Like he's the obvious <laughs> choice. So I feel like there's like a secret like uh secondary MOS that I'm not thinking about for like bazooka or like you know <laughs> you know veterinary well, science or call, something. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call you out on social media. Yeah. Look at this chump, he couldn't even yeah. work out the answer to this. <laughs> yeah, you know no, man, there's a there's a there's no there's no right or wrong answer. It's just uh, go with your gut. Yeah, yeah, I think it's gotta be Raptor. But would he okay, but cool. would he do it? You know what I mean? That's the question. Yeah. Yeah. Would, would he do it, or is he? Is he? You know. Well, hopefully, it's a story uh, that will appear in a Joe comic. Uh, in the not. I'm taking notes right now, man. I'm, I'm working <laughs> it all out. <laughs> um, I mean, it's what what always amazed me about GI Joe was that, you know, he kind of had these kind of contemporary lines of like, you know, He Man and Thundercats and Transformers, but none of the uh, Transformers kind of had an 80 issue run in comics, but none of them could match G.I. Joe for its kind of what it did in the comics sphere you know you know back in the 80s if you said what was the 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 Thundercats comic or the He-Man comic well there wasn't really one right right and and yet because I think it's been mentioned many times that if you if you launch a comic book based on a toy line you give it two years max before it's cancelled you know so Transformers obviously did really well um, to get to 80 but you know to get to 155 and then to have a bit of a hiatus, get relaunched from other publishers, and then come back and then still continue that continuity at a different publisher. I know Transformers has had those more than meets the eye and Robots in Disguise book are excellent. Um, but there was a long time where Transformers was naff and duff as well yeah. until that, that relaunched IDW stuff. But it's kind of amazed me always that G.I. Joe, for some reason, in the popular consciousness if i go to my friends and say do you remember he-man they'll say yes do you remember thundercats yes do you remember transformers if i say do you remember gi joe a lot of them will say no oh wow um and it's kind of i don't know why that is maybe that's different across the pond over in the states but um well i would, I would certainly say like uh, in the in the general like you know consciousness of of of, of a fandom gi joe certainly is, is right in line with those other things but i bet if outside oh, okay. of like uh I, I bet people do probably have a more fondness for He-Man um, than, than they would for G.I. Joe. Um, you know, if you were ask ask somebody what, what's still going today, He-Man or G.I. Joe, they'd probably well, I guess they all I guess they are still kind of going. But yeah. you know, that's something I never really thought about. I, I always think about why G.I. Joe. You know, let's talk about quality for a second, right? Like perception's okay. one thing, but quality, like I think I think there's nothing that compares to the quality of of the real American hero run, the first, the, the, the first Marvel run, um, you know, the, the Bob Budiansky stuff, uh, uh, at, uh, at, um, uh, Transformers. Transformers and, and, and maybe the, maybe like the UK Simon Furman stuff, maybe, yeah. um, you know, post target 2005 and stuff like that, maybe, but, but quality wise. And I think it all kind of is traced back to the fact that there's like a singular voice for GI Joe, um, you know, you can't really go to many other runs, even at the time where you had a guy on a book basically 
you know, shepherding the property for 155 plus, you know, issues, including, you know, specials and annuals and, and, uh, and, and special missions and all this other stuff. That's one guy, you know, not, not even Claremont, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, and the, and the amount of it's testament to, to Larry, because the amount of, you know, I don't want to say that use the word crap as in a, a derogatory sense, but the amount of I'm going to say it, the amount of crap that Hasbro's chucked his way, right, right, and he he turned it into actual, you know, gold. He he was taking this crazy outlandish characters and vehicles yeah. and stuff. But I read it and I don't see it like that. I don't see it as you know he's oh look at this rubbish he's got to play with. You know, it's just great storytelling. Like you said, the singular vision of yeah. what what he's like. Whatever they give me, I'll just turn it into what I want it to be. Well, I think that's why you see. I think that's why you see Snake Eyes become such a central figure to the G.I. Joe story, you know, and I talk about this a little bit in the, in the second essay thing that I was telling you about a minute ago, like, like, because Larry has to have somebody that he can kind of go to like that. And that's why Snake Eyes sort of like, you you see the, you see the story of Snake Eyes sort of bleed into the story of G.I. Joe. They kind of become the same thing, you know, Um, you know, because Cobra Commander's tied to him, uh, you know. Uh, Zartan's tied to him. Like everybody's sort of tied into that origin of of Snake Eyes, and and so it's very you know all these characters who really don't necessarily on the surface seem like they would have a connection. He kind of has to do that because you know every year you get this whole new cast of characters that comes in, and and something's got to tie it together, you know. And I think Larry brilliantly makes that part of the story. Uh, but but is able to sort of tack on little pieces of that every year to a new character or a new figure or a new something that kind of comes through, yeah. and uh, and I think that I really do think that's why it works. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Wait a minute, I, uh, we might have to pause a second. I can hear something over in the distance. Um, it's a GI Joe pop quiz, pop quiz. It's a GI Joe pop quiz, pop quiz. Question <laughs> three: Cobra Commander's had a rough day. Not only have the Joes thwarted his latest plans, but he's been slapped with a massive tax bill. And now his car's got a rear puncture. To cheer himself up, he's popped into town and gone into the local ice cream parlour. What flavour ice cream does he order? Oh, man. See, this is where Raptor would be the right answer. But with, yes. with, with the yeah. tax bill, right? Like, like yeah. We know, yeah. Uh, golly. Um, Cobra Commander's favorite ice cream. He, he's got to be... Like he's got to be like a birthday cake guy, you know what I mean? Like yeah. he's got to be something. Well, I was kinda... gonna say I know I don't I don't normally answer, but I was gonna put him down as like a pistachio man. I yeah, yeah, something like that. Like nothing too nothing too ex- you know outrageous, you know what I mean? Like I think he's gonna be yeah. I think he's gonna be very like very uh, very middle road kind of flavor. So yeah, I'm gonna I want to say like birthday cake, pistachio, uh, you know, mint chip, something like that. Just going back to, you know, taking up where we were talking about Larry, this singular vision, of, you know, what he introduced to the series. A lot of people forget that he was also an accomplished artist, editor, uh, letterer, colorist. He, he actually, Inca, he actually held down kind of every job that there was to have in, in the industry. And you don't often see someone kind of showcase all their skills across, you know, a single book or um, across their careers. So... I mean, what what? I guess what what I'm getting to. What happens when he decides to finally hang it up? It's a sad day, I guess, because no one really wants to take on that mantle, do they? I don't know. It feels like sacrilege to say like I do, but but I mean, you know, 
and, and I think that's why I think that's why other takes on GI Joe are important. You know, I think that's why takes like uh, you know, again we've referenced it a few times, but to see people who I consider to be auteurs and, and real sort of visionary creators like Shioli do something like Transformers versus GI Joe, or to see Michelle sort of explore that, but not necessarily step on Larry's toes. Because uh, I because yeah. I do think it's important for for you know Larry to sort of be the 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 first and last word on GI Joe in some way. At yeah, the same time, kind of, kind of no go on. No, no, you go ahead. What were you gonna say? I was going to say it kind of mirrors a situation in um, the the UK publication uh, 2000 AD mm-hmm. where you've oh, got Judge uh, Dredd, I guess, John, right? Yeah, well, John Wagner. Yeah, yeah, he's been writing Judge Dredd since 1977. Right. Uh, you know, 42 years and. Uh, every now and again he takes a little break other guys come in and write the character which is kind of you know Michelle coming in and writing a bit or IDW coming in and writing other G.I. Joe stuff Uh, and then um, although Larry's the ever present always there but then John Wagner comes back and even now the the books that are coming out in this past few weeks there's Judge Dredd's stories it's like this is some of the best work he's ever done at the age of 70 and written the character for 42 years it's like you know, wow! When these guys at the top of their game. Oh are, no! It sh- it shows. You know, it's it's you got a tip yeah, your captain. Yeah, and, and I think say, you're, you know, you know, this is a massive achievement. It, it, it's very much the same with Larry. You know, he writes the characters like nobody else, um, because I think he because I think he has the experience of dealing with the the complexities of that book. You know, anybody else working on that book, the the natural tendency is to streamline it, right? To to pick like. Your, your top five Joes or your top, you know, a, a rotating cast, but like have a central cast, you know, but, but he doesn't do that. Even now he doesn't do that. You know what I mean? Um, it's, it's constantly bound to different little clusters of Joes and, you know, you'll see zap this issue and you'll see, you know, uh, you know, you'll have an issue where, where Skidmark pops up next issue. Like nobody, nobody, you know, nobody disappears into the background of that book forever, yeah. which I find interesting. Uh, even today, even today. And even, even the X-Men, even the X-Men probably can't really um, compete with the amount of characters that he's had to deal with over the course of the book. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, he said that numerous times. He said the, the only cast that rivals G.I. Joe is like Legion of Superheroes, you know? And, and, and even right, that, yeah. G.I. Joe still has more characters. <laughs> it's like, yeah, so yeah, you know, it, it's nuts. It really is. But but it's also kind of um, great. Um, you, you've got a... Uh, G.I. Joe tattoo, I'm led to believe. Uh, yeah, yeah, you, you heard correctly. If, uh, I've, I, you know, I've wanted the Rashikage tattoo on my forearm for a long time, but, but never quite. This is quite. a recent addition, by the way? Say again? This is a recent addition? Oh, man, yeah, as of, as of February 15th. Okay, uh, yeah, my, yeah. My, my friend told me, he said, oh, yeah, yeah, ask Chad about the tattoo. Uh, yeah, so. yeah, I, uh, I've always wanted one, but been really, you know, look, man, my pain tolerance is, like, really low, so <laughs> I've always, like, been scared of, of, you know, getting your finger pricked or anything like that, so getting okay. a tattoo was a huge, huge, like, uh, hurdle for me to jump, but I've got a friend from high school who, uh, who ran into me at a convention a year or so ago, and uh, he, he's become a tattoo artist since I, you know, knew him years ago. And uh, he basically said, hey, man, you know, if you ever want to get it, let me know. And, uh, you know, I, I hit a milestone birthday a few weeks ago. And I was like, you know what? Let's, let's do, do it. it. You know, it's, a, it's a fairly inexpensive midlife crisis, so let's do it. <laughs> and, uh, and, man, I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about it. How was uh, the pain? Because I've not got any tattoos or anything. You know, honestly, it wasn't, was it? It, it wasn't that bad. Okay. Um, it, it's more of like an annoyance. A, a buddy of mine described it as like a, like it took about two hours to do this, maybe an hour and a half to do it. 
And uh, a, a buddy of mine described it as like an hour and a half bee sting, you know. And I, and I, and I think okay. that's about that's about right, um, yeah. <clears throat> you know. But it it, it certainly it, it certainly like opened my eyes when he first started. But by the time we were done with it, it was fine. Cool. And what's next? The uh, the cobra symbol, or <laughs> you know, man, what, what what people say about when you get one, you want another one immediately. Like that's that's really true for me. I, I certainly oh, really? almost I almost told him I was like, man, just go to the left shoulder <laughs> and like do, do, <laughs> give, give me give me the give me the cobra symbol. Uh, but I but I didn't. Um, Don't do but, anything stupid like get Zartan's face on your back or something like that. <laughs> well, that's good. That's a good one. No. Now, I don't know what I would get, you know. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I certainly – I thought about getting like a Decepticon logo, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, because I, I, I just love that logo. And uh, But I think if I do get anything, it'll probably be like it'll, – it'll probably be – Either like the three stripes from the G.I. Joe logo, you know what I mean? Okay, I thought yeah, that yeah. might be a good counterpart to this one uh, on the other forearm uh, or on my shoulder or, or the Cobra logo would be kind of would be kind of cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's I'm definitely going to get another one. I just don't know what I'm going to get. Cool. Cool. So um, you don't you said you didn't have one. You don't I have don't one? have any. No. At one point, I toyed with the idea of this was, I don't know, 20, 20 years ago. I toyed with the idea of getting. Uh, a band around my upper arm okay and the band was going to consist of um, uh, comic book symbols so it was going to be the bat symbol okay. the superman shield the fantastic four the, the kind of x-men x in a circle yeah uh, kind of all the way going round 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 my upper arm in a band so but i didn't actually get it in the end so yeah that's a, that's a lot of different like styles too so i imagine that would take yeah. a minute yeah 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 that's cool cool Cool. Um, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about um, some of your fine work. We we touched on Sleepwalker, um, but obviously you did X Men '92. Yeah, yeah, that which was, was which was a blast. Yes, that was that was. Uh, I mean, absolutely. It's it's, it's my X Men first like you know major big two kind of work. Not that I've worked for DC at all, but like, but yeah, it was a huge it was a huge thing because Chris and I sort of made the leap from doing like you know web comics and and our first graphic novel, which was at Oni, a uh, graphic novel called Downset Fight. Uh, we sort of jumped from there to like an X Men project, which was crazy. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. uh, I, I joke to people all the time that I would never pitch on the X Men that I, that I didn't have like a back pocket pitch for the X Men because nobody would ever okay. let us write the X Men. But you know, <laughs> suddenly we found ourselves writing it. Yeah, and um. And yeah, it was great. It was a lot of fun. I assume you're an X Men fan. I don't. I don't know um, what your yeah. His- I, I started collecting X Men. Well, my favorite era was that kind of '90s run where you had John Romita Jr. on Uncanny. Okay. Yeah. So- um, and um, the the start of you know the start of that. Uh, Relaunched was it ninety nine? No, when was nineteen ninety one? Ninety one, yeah, ninety one was when the 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 Agitables X Men came out, the uh, Mutant Genesis issues. Um, yes, yeah, and then the, the animated series was not long after that. And uh, yeah, you know, well, I, we, like, I, I preferred the. I, I actually, I like. I got them both, and you know, I've got a full run from the number one all the way up to you know when it finished two hundred and seventy five, whatever yeah. it was. And I got a full run from Uncanny as well, the same time period right up till it relaunched and i think those scott lobdell issues were my favorite with uh with um john romita jr and then when joe mad came on no oh, yeah those are those are a, a blast um yeah that's kind of my sweet spot for x-men too even though i guess i probably started a little bit earlier i think maybe my first issue was like right after inferno uh and then i read you know okay. up to up to the 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 big launch and then was was all in on all the books so i was uncanny you know agile x-men uh you know x-factor 
yep. you know, Excalibur when when Alan Davis came back, all that stuff. Shit, I was, man, that was about was there about six or seven? I think it was seven in total. There was a but yeah, because I want to say there's... seven because I remember Age of Apocalypse being. 28 issues yeah and that, that would be would right been, which would have been four months of seven issues a piece yeah yeah and yes, of four the, issues a piece of the seven bookends titles. too yeah and the yeah bookends on top yeah. let's 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 see because there's 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 uncanny there's x-force there's x-men there's x-factor X, there's yeah. n- there's generation x and yeah. there's what am i leaving i feel like i'm leaving out a book and i guess what Wolver- was gambit in the externals before it uh that would have been Wow, what was that? That would have been X Force. Wolverine became X. Wolverine oh, became Weapon X. That's Weapon another one. X, Wolverine. Yeah, and I, yeah, I guess I guess Gambit and the Externals would have been because uh, the Externals X-Force. was the Externals was the the subplot in X Force. So, yeah. yeah, you know, honestly, I've never thought about that book and <laughs> like like what that book was supposed <laughs> to be. I, you know, here's the thing. Here's my here's my secret X Men shame. I'm actually not a big Age of Apocalypse fan. Okay. Um, I, I, it sort of lost me around that point. Um, I was still, you know way into comics obviously but but i but i for whatever reason i kind of jumped off the x-men at that point um probably because of the the sheer volume that i had to that i felt like i had to read every book um but i really feel like i probably leaned into dc a little bit harder right around that same time um is when i started picking up probably flash more regularly and that kind of stuff i was at the mark wade run yeah yeah Sure is. Yeah, I've got a full run of that as oh, well. What a great, what a John great stuff, comic! I probably, I probably wouldn't. Stuff. Yeah, I probably wouldn't be writing comics if it wasn't for that Mark Wade run. Really? Um, yeah. Oh, I love, I love that book. But, he's yeah. still cranking out the goods right now. I mean, he his is, Dare, man. His, I mean, Daredevil was a couple of years ago, but I mean, uh, what's he on at the? I can't even think what he's on at the moment. Well, he's written Doctor Strange. He's written Doctor Strange. Oh now. yeah, Doctor Strange, of course. Yeah. And uh, I feel like there's another book that I'm forgetting that he that he's he working on. He did a little on. run on Captain America as well before. Yeah, before Ta-Nehisi Coates came came back or came on. But um, but yeah, yeah, no, his Daredevil run from a few years ago. You know, he's another one of those guys that uh, disappears for a little while. Is always kind of working, but kind of does some some sort of like under the radar work, and then will come back and do like the best run of something. Uh, yeah, he had. He had a, I haven't checked it out, but he did a mini series for Aftershock. I can't think what it's called. Captain Captain. Uh, no, he did it with he, he. No, are you sure it's not Captain Kid? Because he did it, it with Tom. Captain? I think he did it with Tom Pyre, right? Uh, I think they were working on that together. Yeah, and, uh, think, but like you say, that's the kind of thing he's doing. He kind of he'll go to some small, not small press, but you know, a smaller publisher. But and, you know, he was doing like Irredeemable and that stuff for a yeah. little while, which was which was great, good comics, fantastic comics. But you know, then he then he pops up on Daredevil kind of out of nowhere and then you know knocks it out of the park. Yeah. yeah, 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 it's so good, man. Yeah, yeah cool. Uh, well, and then yourself, obviously, you did a uh, Young Blood as well, which was I was reading Young Blood in the Young Blood in the nineties, so this was a natural fit for me to go over and read that book as well that, that you were doing <laughs> oh thanks man uh, th- yeah that book's great I- i'm still you know the-, the hope is that we're gonna get uh the the third volume out here uh sometime um okay. it's it's still not I-, I still have an ending to that story that i really like to tell so uh blood war is still on the table in fact Excellent. i was writing a little bit of that yesterday so oh, cool. yeah i i i'm gonna finish that story uh, i feel bad because you know th- you know it's 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 all scheduling stuff you know um, for that book, and uh, I feel bad that I, I feel like I have to finish it because I broke all Rob's toys, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave Bad Rock, you know. Not not, you know, in, in human form. I yeah. I want to figure out what we're gonna do with Shaft. It's like so many things to to, to fix, you know. <laughs> so. He seems like a cool dude, Rob. I mean, in terms of, you know, his meteoric rise and and then. You know, everyone seems to at some point have some backlash against him, but he just seems so. Whenever I see him tweet, he's just the most positive guy I've ever known. Oh yeah, no, I, I feel like I feel like he's he's the 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 
you know, chairman emeritus of comics in a lot of ways. I think with, with you know, this this sounds really bold. So forgive me if people like you know freak out when I say this, but but I do think he's got that same kind of positivity that like Stan Lee brought to everything that Stan Lee did. You know what I mean? Um, I, I think he's he's got that that genuine love of comics and everything he does. Um, yeah. So so no, I, I I Rob's been great to me, and I, I love working with him. And and like I said, I. You know, every everything he's working on, everything he's doing, I think, is the the best work he's done to date. Uh, the oh, next cool, thing's yeah. even better than the the last. He just so. did a he just did a cover to uh, which I picked up the other day, Superman issue eight. He did yeah, a very, yeah, variant cover for that. Yeah, yeah, I saw that too. And I guess he's got a, a, he put on Instagram or something the other day. He's got a few more that he's doing yeah, too for yeah. for DC, which I think is great. I, I do always like seeing him draw the DC characters because you see that's so so rare to see him do. You know. It's always it's a buzz, isn't it? When you, a guy is like John Romita Jr. when he was at Marvel for thirty years, then suddenly he's drawing Batman and Superman. Oh yeah, it's absolutely. Like, wow. No, it's great. Uh, it, it, it's you know you always wanted to see what his Superman would look like, you know, and it looked great. Yeah. I mean, it looked like John Romita drawing Superman. It was great. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Are you are you a big John Romita Jr. fan? Um, I, I'll be honest. I think his it, it was a kick to see him drawing Superman and yeah. it looked good, but. I don't know. I, I that Daredevil run and the the X Men stuff and yeah. I don't know. That's I am a fan, but and the Iron Man obviously, but the the later stuff not so much. I'll be honest, not so much. Well, no, I, I get that on, on some level too. I, I as a kid, I think one of the things that I liked about him, kind of, kind of what we we're saying about Mark Bright a little bit earlier, he was one of those first guys that I could recognize, uh, and I I loved that and this is funny because i think michelle said this too and so many guys over the last couple of months have said this but i think and i don't know why this run is like in everybody's mind maybe because daredevil season three sort of plays with some of the concepts in it but the anna shinty uh john ramita jr run uh of daredevil is is one of my all-time favorite runs of comics and it was one of those books that i did pick up on a regular basis probably one of the first ones that i was picking up on a regular basis uh when i was a kid and yeah. you know, then I loved him on Iron Man uh, for Armor well, Wars I'm, too. I'm doing a uh, I'm doing a Daredevil reread at the moment as well. Okay. And um, it, I I'm gonna out myself here uh, and uh, you know ashamed, but uh, last week for the first time was the first time I ever read the Frank Miller Daredevil. Okay. Um, yeah. Because I've I've got I've got I've got singles from actually just after he finished Born Again, so from like two thirty something, I've got from two thirty all the way up to present day the chip zadarsky um oh wow yeah that's a pretty good run all in singles but i i had never gone back for some reason i don't know why yeah and actually read the frank miller stuff so i did that for the first time last week uh just to kick off my reread listen Um, you know there's no shame in that man because i feel like i feel like for for people i I don't know what your what your age is but you you seem like you were were probably in that same range but like for me i'll I'll tell you 42 yeah yeah and i just turned 40 so you know for, for guys our age I really feel like, you know, we 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 sort of picked up comics uh, right after those big runs happened. You know, yeah. so my first run of Daredevil wasn't the Frank Miller run; it was the Anna Shinty run. Uh, and and then I went back and read Frank Miller when I was in college. You know, and then yeah. uh, and then my first run of Thor. I was just talking about this on Twitter a couple of days ago. My first run on Thor was the DeFalco Friends run. Uh, yeah. of Thor and I loved that book that was like my favorite comic coming out at the time and it's a big retro run you know it's big it's a big throwback to, to Kirby and these other things and and Simonson and I had no idea who Walt Simonson was until I was like in my early teens you know but but yeah, yeah there again I don't think there's any shame in going back and reading those big huge runs but but finding those characters uh in, in sort of the aftermath of those runs sometimes is even better I think 
Yeah, cool. I mean, what's on your? Do you get time to read stuff that's coming out now? What's on your pull list? What What should I be checking out if I'm not checking it out already? Well, you probably read some good comics, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I read I read probably less monthly now than I than I have ever in my life. Just because it's hard to get over this door for me, uh, I do have a subscription. But so, I, what am I reading now? I'm reading. Uh, I, I read. I'm reading the Zdarsky uh, Daredevil. I, I like yep. the first issue of that. I'm reading Immortal Hulk, uh, the Al Ewing Joe Bennett book, which is probably the, my my favorite book right now. Um, I'm reading uh, Grant uh, and and Liam Sharp on uh, the Green Lantern. Uh, oh, that's a great book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love that book. I I, I, I just uh, I've got number four sitting beside the bed to read today. Um, I read, you know, I, I pick up a lot of books, but probably don't read, you know, but a third of them. What else? What else am I reading that so really you, kind of so stands out? So you're more out? sort of reading, more more digging into your back catalog of stuff. Oh yeah, just, yeah. You know, yeah. I I keep watching the Scott Snyder run of J- Justice League just keep growing. You know what I mean? But but I'm yeah. but I'm but I'm buying that, and I like where I like the first like five or six of that. Um, reading Tom King's Batman. You know, obviously I read Mister Miracle. Um. You know, but yeah, I mean, I'm reading, I'm reading, I'm reading good stuff. I, I read, cool. I read stuff that I'm enjoying. But yeah, back catalog right now. I'm, I'm diving into, uh, I, 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 you know, pulled out some Defalco for in store, which is what I'm thinking about those the other day. Uh, I started reading the Invisibles again. Um, okay, I've never actually read it. It's, oh really? I don't want it. To, I don't want it to be too impenetrable or not get it on the first time I read it. No, it, I, I don't know. It's. I mean, are you a Morrison guy? Do you like Morrison? Um, I, I'm about 50-50 on him. Sure, yeah. Uh, so it's either, yeah, I don't get it, and therefore I don't like it, or, you know, when he pairs it down a little bit, then, okay, cool, that's... Yeah, I mean, I think Invisibles is definitely the Morrison book, you know? If you're a Morrison person, it's it's the book that, if you're a Morrison guy, it's where you go to get everything. Okay. Um, you know, so... Uh, if if that's not your cup of tea every every time he does a project maybe maybe not but uh, but I love it I think it's great uh, I'm rereading I'm rereading the uh, Peter I think Dave- my favorite of his I think well, just to interject I think my favorite of his, right. just to let you know is probably All Star Superman and, oh yeah um, absolutely uh, Joe the Barbarian I really oh man Joe the Barbarian's great yeah it yeah. doesn't get talked about nearly enough either that book's fantastic but they're kind of both straight aheadish that I, I feel like I can stay on board. You know, uh, that's funny because I think Joe's pretty, pretty Morrison-y, you know? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Sorry, yeah, I'll cut you off. Go on. No, no, I, I was just saying I'm, I'm reading, you know, I've, I've gone back and started reading like, uh, you know, Peter David's Hulk again. But oh, I'm also, yeah, I've yeah. got that run. I really want to do that again. Yeah, uh, I, and I'm also reading um, Peter David's Star Trek because I just got a real cheap, okay. cheap run of that book. <laughs> so I'm kind of reading that. Nice. So yeah, I'm kind of like plowing through four or five different things. And then I'm going back and reading the Bond books. I'm reading the John Gardner Bond novels. So okay, cool. Yeah, so just I'm, I'm all over the place at any given time. There's no telling what I'm reading, but you know, just just trying to stay. I don't know. Just trying to yeah. read good stuff. How about, how right, about we'll, you? We'll, we'll get we'll get, uh, we'll get you on this. It's a GI Joe pop quiz. Pop quiz. <laughs> it's a GI Joe pop quiz. Pop quiz. Final question. All right, I'm ready. You're on a night out. You wander into a bar you've never seen before. You spot a door in the corner and venture forth. There's a set of stairs that lead down, down, down. You decide to take a chance. What greets you is something akin to an underground fight club. A cage has been set up in the middle of the floor, with the bar running all the way around it. Someone grabs you and says, New blood, choose your partner. As it transpires, you're now to be taking part in a no-holds-barred tag team fight against the reigning champions, Big Boa and the macho man, Randy Savage. You're told you can find a partner at the bar. You look over and see Firefly, Grey Camo, non-Ninja edition. 
Covergirl, Flint, and Cesspool. Who do you choose as your partner? <laughs> oh man, what a group! Uh, man, that's 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 tough. Yeah. Yep. Fife never got this treatment, did he? No, he didn't, man. Did you even ask him this many? I don't know if you gave him this many. Uh, you yeah, know. he had four as well. But did he really? Okay, cool, cool. I couldn't remember. Um, oh man. So you got Firefly, non-ninja no, edition. Yeah, Cover Girl, Cover Girl, Flint, and Flint Cesspool. And Cesspool. Man, man. I mean, the fact that they're there. If I'm new blood and I had to fight, the fact that they're there means that they've probably already fought. Yeah. So, yeah. So they've got they've got. Let's see, and they're at the bar together. Two Joes, two Cobras. Uh, You know, cesspool. Cesspool's pretty tough. Um, He's gonna fight dirty as well, I think. He's gonna fight. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm thinking he's gonna fight dirty. But you know, the fact that I know so much about Firefly and I know kind of what Firefly's got going on. Yeah. I feel like it's got to be Firefly, man. Yeah, I think you'd have a good chance. Yeah, I think Firefly's going to go in, and he's going to fight Dirty too. And I think not knowing what I'm getting into, like my my gut is to go with uh is is to go with with Flint, right? Okay. Um, my youngest son is actually named after Flint, but oh, um, cool. yeah, but um, but but I think I'm gonna have to go with Firefly. I really want to go with Cover Girl, right? Because who I think who Cover who Girl, yeah, she'd be a good distraction for the macho man. I, that, I well, I was gonna say, yeah, I think I think she's gonna be the she's kind of the ringer, you know, yeah. but I, and I think she's super tough. Uh, but man, I think I think the the advantages with Firefly, because you know, hey, nobody knows he's a nobody knows he's a ninja, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. One of my, one of my I, I think I think Big Boa and Macho Man are gonna uh, come to come to blows in their own team as well, because that's a couple of combustible elements. Right yeah, now. yeah. I think I think it's probably gonna end up with them against each other, and and me and me and Firefly at the bar again. Cool. Yeah. Um, that's that's, that's fun, man. That that's that's, that's awesome. Uh, we want to say thanks to Chad Bowers for coming on the show. It was an absolute blast. Um, you know, as, as we're continuing to do this read-through later in the year, if you want to come on and read some issues with us on the show, you're more than welcome. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah. Uh, but hey, yeah, when, you, wanna... when you get to those Mark Bright issues, man, bring me back. Yeah. Uh, we'll I, I, I want to... Cool. Yeah. Hey, definitely put me down for the Snake Ass trilogy. Cool. Cool. Yeah. You're on, you're on the list. Okay. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> so thanks again to Chad Bowers uh, and all the listeners out there. Catch us in the normal places. Talking Joe Comics on the Gmail, Talking Joe Comics on Instagram, Talking underscore Joe on Twitter, and Talking Joe, a G.I. Joe podcast on Facebook. Have a good week, everyone. We will see you down the road. (laughs) 